Isn't God good? Amen. I, I, I'm going to share a message this morning called The Light of the World. I'm going to read John 18, 12 through 20, or John 8, 12 through 20. It's a long passage, but I'm using it as the foundation of what we're going to share this morning. We'll go to other scriptures. Uh, but I want you to see the reality of what is going on in the Word and what the Word says to us. Remember, uh, we read our Bible a certain way in this church. Amen? We don't read it quickly. No, no speed reading. Okay. Uh, we ask. We take. We read between. We look for. And we have our little trowel and we dig. So when you do that, things sprout up without going to sprouts. So go to John chapter 8, please. And let's look at the scriptures. The light of the world. Jesus again spoke to them. He's talking to the Jews. <coughs> Excuse me. I am the light of the world. Okay, he's made a statement. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you're testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I came from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but I am the Father who sent me. Even, if you're, even in your law it has been written that the testimony of two men are true. I am he who testifies about me and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, where's your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you'd also know my father. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said again to them, I go away and you will seek me and you will die Oh, wow, I don't like that one. I go away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you can't come. So the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you, you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, who are you? Jesus said, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. They didn't realize that he'd been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, when, and this is important, when you lift up the Son of Man, 
then you will know I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. The light of the world. Wow. Jesus just opens up on these guys. Remember, he has come to the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation doesn't like him. They're not happy with him because he wants to change everything. He wants to change the structure of what they believe uh, because now they're going to have to believe in him as the son of God and they don't want to believe that. But he comes and he says and makes the claim, I am the light of the world. What he's saying is, I'm offering you something. You've already got something, but I'm offering you something different. I'm offering you light versus darkness. Has anyone in this room ever been in, and I'm serious about the pitch dark business, a pitch dark room that had no blinds, no lights, no windows, nothing, zero? Anybody ever been in a room like that? Okay then you know the feeling. When the kids were young, we went to, there was a park south of San Jose, I can't even remember, Dave might remember the name of it, but it was a little theme park. And one of the things that they had in this theme park was a little choo-choo train ride through the tunnels down in the coal mines. Do you remember that? Too many years ago. (laughs) And we were in these little train cars my wife and I were sitting in the front of the boy. The boys were behind us in another seat, the three boys. They took us down to this coal mine. And they showed us the different things and all that they prepared. They said, okay, now, we're, <clears throat> we're warning you. We're going to shut out all the lights. Please don't be frightened. Just remain for us. We're just going to be here a minute in the darkness. And they flipped out all the lights. I'm talking zero visibility. Do you know you change in zero visibility? Do you know your mental capacity cannot handle zero disability? You know that if you've been there. It does something to you mentally and emotionally. And people were going, oh, oh, oh. My wife was okay. I was okay. The kids behind me, they were fine. They, you know how kids are. But I, my wife was holding on to me. Jesus said, I can throw away the darkness. I can get rid of that feeling. I can take that emotional instability that you normally feel in the darkness where you've been living, and I can turn the light on so that you're not wandering somewhere, you're following me. So that you can walk somewhere, try to walk in the darkness. Nobody got out of there, I'm telling you, nobody got out of, those, out of those train chairs. Nobody got out of those seats. They didn't dare move. But if it's dark, you're, you're handicapped. You don't know where you go. You don't know where you put your next foot. Am I gonna fall? Am I gonna fall into a hole? Am I gonna fall off a cliff? Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and if you walk in this light, you will not walk in handicap. And if you walk in this light, you'll be walking in life versus death. The reality is, this is my choice. It's your choice. You can say no to God. You have that right. Trust me. I have no desire to force God down anybody's throat. I've never had to do that. You make the choice whether Jesus is the light. And in verse 14, they they really didn't want to know. know, They they weren't really following him. They didn't care. 
Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I've come from, where I'm going. But you do not know where I've come from or where I'm going. They didn't know because they didn't want to know. What do you want? That's a fair question. And your answer should be suitable to what you want. If you want to live in darkness, you can. You're allowed that. Because God forces no one to love him. Somebody say amen. amen. I have never yet preached a sermon with a hammer in my hand. doesn't work. But I've preached messages with my hands open. That works. I know it works. I've seen people come to the Lord time after time because my message was, would you like Jesus? I am the light of the world is what he said. I have a question. I, you know me, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. When did Jesus become the light of the world? Oh, I want you to think. What? Oh, you, you looked at my notes, didn't you? Yes, she did. She, she looked at my notes. What did, and I don't, we don't read the scripture here, but we learned some things. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was, in the beginning... Before you and I were ever in the beginning, before the earth was ever struck, in the beginning, while God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were having Starbucks on the porch, they decided about something. They made decisions about you and me and how that was going to go. They knew that Adam and Eve would fall. They knew that there'd have to be something to take the place of what they were doing and they were sinning. And Jesus knew he would have to die. In the beginning, Jesus knew he would be the light of the world. They didn't just, oh, let's come up with an idea. He's always been the Lamb of God. He's always been the Word of God. He's always been the Christ who will be crucified. This is the kind of God we love. This is the kind of God we trust on a day-by-day basis. The kind of God that speaks the Word and something happens. He was always, always the light of the world. Well, well, I have another question now. <clears throat> if Jesus said he was the light of the world and he was talking to human beings, where is he now? Mark, chapter 16, verse 19 and 20. Where are you, where are you Jesus? Where are you? So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven Oh, and sat down at the right hand of God? Wait a minute. He just told us he was the light of the world, and Mark says he's sitting at the right hand of God. Oh. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Where is he now? Acts chapter 1, verse 9, 10, and 11 says this. After he, Jesus, had said these things, he had been speaking to the people, he was lifted up while they were looking on. Look, those disciples and people that had been in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, they're now looking on, and a cloud received Jesus out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They said also, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, remember, they saw him. 
this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Where is Jesus now? Come on. Oh. Oh. Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says, Who is the one that condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. I have a big problem. You can tell by looking at me, can't you? Jesus had the audacity, Jacob, to look at those guys and say, I am the light of the world, but he's not here. We have a problem. You still with me? Why do we say things like, Jesus lives in my heart? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart today? How many of you have heard? Okay. Just open up your heart, accept Jesus into your heart, and he'll come. He's not going to fit. Why do we say that? Go to John chapter 14. Jesus is talking to his disciples in John. He says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he, this helper, may be with you forever. Oh, wait, hold, stop right there. Jesus just said something. He will be with you forever. Guess what? Jesus can't, in the flesh, be with us today. Are you okay? You still love me? Some of you are not sure? Lucas, are you sure? No, Lucas is shaking. No, no. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he, this helper, Holy Spirit, may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little, after a little while, the world will, see, will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He's not here. Jacob, we got a problem, brother. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Where are you? Where's the light? What's going on? Why can't I see this wonderful light? Well, huh. maybe, just maybe, this problem that we have, maybe we should rewrite the Bible. Anybody want to rewrite the Bible? Say amen. You want to rewrite the Bible? Nobody said amen. I wonder why. Well, go to Revelation. I was just going to, I was just going to tell you what it was, but I really want you, I want to read this to you. Okay. Revelation. Chapter 22, the last few verses of the Bible. I, Jesus is talking. John is relating what Jesus has said to him. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root, Jesus, and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Guess who the bride is? 
Some of you gals, have, have you forgotten your bridal dress? And you walked down the aisle and somebody was walking behind you and Gary was standing going, oh, yes. Oh, I remember those who were Gary's wedding. Gary's going, here she comes. Here she Oh, he did, he did crazy things. Right? Am I right? The spirit of the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Talking about Jesus. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things say, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with us all. Amen. What is Jesus saying in the last book of the Bible? He's saying, do not take a pen. Do not take your computer out. Do not change a word that's in this Bible or you're dead. You cannot touch God's word. There's nothing wrong with God's word. Well, if he's not here, if he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me, if Jesus lives in us then, he lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, then I have a question. Who is the light of the world? Come on, say it. Us. Did you know that, Jacob? Think a moment. Think a moment. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Jesus is crystal clear. Crystal. Jesus is the one that said, I am the light of the world. And now he's saying this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how could it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under man, foot by man. Right? You, Jason, you're the light of the world. You, Bob, you're the light of the world. Anthony, you may think you're too young to be the light of the world, but your candle's burning forever. You're the light of the world. I am the light of the world. All of us, all of the bride of Christ, everyone who says Jesus Christ is my Savior, we are the light of the world. And you don't set, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And guess what? Nor does anyone light a lamp, put it under a basket like a bushel, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Who is the light of the world? New Hope Assembly of God Church. God put us here for a purpose. This valley needs light, spiritual light. Someone has to be the spiritual light. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession for you and for me so that we do the job right. But we are the light of the world. And through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, He shines through us and we're supposed to shine to everybody else. Light of the world. The world, hear me, because some of you may not wonder, you may wonder about me. The world does not see Jesus. 
the world sees us. So I have a question, what does he see? I mean this seriously and lovingly. What does he see when he looks at us? What does your neighbor see? You go in and pump gas into your car and you go pay the bill inside and who's ever inside or who's ever taking your credit card or whatever. What, what do they see? And when they see what they see, what questions are they asking, Gary? Who is this guy anyway? Isn't he the guy that used to? And yeah, he is the guy that used to. But he's not doing that anymore. Why? Because something happened. We are the light of the world. We are the only Jesus, and I put that in quotes, you understand me now. I'm not Jesus, you're not Jesus. But we're the only Jesus that people see. And we need to know that they're seeing what God wants them to see. Okay? What are we doing to represent Jesus to the world? I wrote a little note here, and I know you'll understand me. I'm not trying to be funny. But uh, what kind of spiritual show are we performing in? What do they see? And do they look at us and say, you know, I've seen this dude several times now. Always a smile on his face, always saying hello, how are you, shaking hands, telling people, I'm, I'm praying for you, blah, blah, blah. What's going on in his life? Maybe I should look a little closer. Maybe I should follow a little closer. Maybe I should even ask, uh, may, may, can I ask you a question, sir, ma'am? Why do you always look so happy? Because I'm not looking happy. I don't feel But why are you? What do they see when they look at us? Now, we've all gone through our problems. I understand. You know that. Okay? But we don't have to let our problems that we've gone through shut off the light. Someone say amen. amen. No one ever said this life would be problem free. Amen? But the light can keep shining. What are we doing to represent Jesus to the world? What do your friends see? Some of you have some really good friends. I mean, you, you really trust them. They're important to you, and they should be. No, don't go with the hammer in the Bible. No, no, no. But what do they see when you come to their house for a cup of coffee, a piece of cake, For some reason, Vanette has never asked me to come to the house for coffee and cake. I don't understand that. <laughs> Just do not understand that. What do they see? Are, do they see enough in you that makes them want to do something like you're doing? What did you see in so-and-so before you gave your life to Jesus? Is that a fair question? What was brother so-and-so like, or sister so-and-so like? What were they, why were you watching them so closely? And why did you always say, well, you know, boy, they, they look happy. They're always smiling, and things are going well for them. Yeah, they ran into some problems, but they got through them. I need to know more about what sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so have gone through. What do they see when they look at you and they look at me. What do we know about Jesus? Go back to verse 23 of Matthew chapter 8. 
And let me read that portion again. Matthew 20, uh, Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> I'm sorry, John, forgive me. My mistake. He was saying to them, you're from below. He's explaining. I'm from above. You're of this world. I am not of this world. Stop there for a moment. Do you know how many times we've tried to make Jesus part of this world? Do you know how many churches and preachers out there are preaching to try to bring Jesus down from the loft that he's in and down here so that we can say to him, okay, now you walk in the mess that I'm walking in. I'm sorry, you can't do that. He was saying, you're from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I say to you that you shall die in your sins. I don't like that statement, but he has to say it. You're going to die in your sins, and the reason is you're trying to drag me down from where I am to your level, and I'm trying to bring you from your level up to mine. You're going to die in your sins unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So, they were saying, who are you? I think that's a fair question. I think that when a preacher's sharing something or someone's testifying to you, that you ought to ask questions. Why are you so keen on this Jesus, Pastor? Well, let me tell you why. And there ought to be things that you can say. Who are you? Jesus said, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. But he, the Father God, who sent me is true. God is always true. I don't know if you've ever had anybody lie to you to your face. I heard some giggles. He who sent me is always true. And the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. Jesus is filtering everything that God sends him, which is true. He's filtering it through his love, and he's sharing it with you. God is true, and everything I say to you is true. They did not realize that he'd been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, when you, and this is important, and we'll get here in a moment. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Who is he talking about? He's talking about himself. When you follow through with what I know you're going to follow through with, you're going to kill me. You're going to do your best to destroy everything I stand for. When you lift up the Son of Man, crucify, cross, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father has taught me. And he who sent me is with me. Stop. If you give your life to Jesus Christ, you open up your life to him. You say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. And all that goes with that formal type of thing where we, we recognize we just need God. Do you think he's going to leave you alone? you think he's going to walk away? He who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone. He's not going to leave you alone. If you give your life to Christ, you aren't, trust me, you aren't going to be alone. He's going to be there. He's going to be there with the paddle when you do something wrong and go whack on the back. Why did you whack me, Jesus? Because. Now, nobody here has ever been whacked on a weird, I know. Don't raise your hand. I don't. He's with me. He's not left me alone. 
For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he spoke these things, many came to believe. When you decide to follow Jesus and people are watching you, they're going to see you. They're going to see what you do. They're going to hear what you say. They're going to look at what you're looking at. They're going to try to feel what you're feeling. And what do they see? He said, the Father sent me. He's not going to leave me. Well, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave me either. Okay? We know from these verses that God is with Jesus. If God is with Jesus and we love Jesus and Jesus lives in our heart, then God is with us. Somebody say amen. amen. We're not walking this road alone. You don't have to travel all by yourself. Jesus, God is with him. He is with us. Jesus, we know, pleases the Father. Do we please the Father? God is true blue with Jesus. Will he be true blue with us? If we put our hand in his hand, will he hang on to us? And will he lead us, Anthony, so that we're doing the right thing all the time? And if we try to make this kind of turn, will he pull us back like that? Yeah, you bet he will. And some of you experience that pullback. Don't say amen. Because everybody would stand up and say amen. Jesus, please the Father. I'm praying we please the Father. God is true to the, to the Lord. God is true to us. When I read to you verse 28, it said, when you lift up the Son of Man. He's talking about the crucifixion. So I want you to go to John as we close. John 3, uh, verses 14 through 15. We're going to close here in a minute. Remember, we all know John 3, 16. Isn't it interesting how we all know certain verses and we don't know what precedes them or what follows them? Don't have a clue. So here's what we got. John 3, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him have eternal life. Now we know the next verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the next verse even is better. He sent not his Son into the world to judge the world or condemn the world, but through him the world might have life. Well, what is this lifting up business? Go with me to uh, Numbers. Numbers chapter 21, verses 6 through 9. This is what he's talking about. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. Stop right there. Who sent the fiery serpents? Why? What? They were disobedient. Oh, thank you. You read my notes too. Well, you guys are bad. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many of Israel died. I don't like that. Do you like it? But see, God is God, and you're going to do things God's way, and you're not going to struggle against God. You're not going to fight against God and get away with it. You cannot fight against God's ministry and get away with it. You cannot put people down and get away with it. The people came to Moses and said, we've sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. They were criticizing God, and they were criticizing Moses. Intercede. Who did they go to when they needed help? Moses. Intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, he's always got an answer. Can I, can I just impress you with that? God always has an answer. Make a fiery serpent, set it on a standard, 
And it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent, set it on a standard, and it came about that if a servant bit any man, when he looked to the bronze servant, he lived. Isn't that interesting? God spanked them because they were bad, but gave them a way out for, with repentance. And Moses made that serpent, bronze serpent, set it on that standard, and the next time Jason opened his big mouth and said something against Pastor Rudy, Jason got bit. And his wife said, quick, repent, repent. Look at the serpent. And Jason looked at the serpent and you were healed. Are you seeing something here? God knows we're human. God knows we fail. And Jesus said, when you see me lifted up, that's what he said. When you see me lifted up on the cross, you then will know what life is all about. I don't have life until I know that Jesus hung on that cross and that he saved me, he forgave me, he covered me with his blood. I am clean. No, I am not perfect, but I am clean through his blood. I have been looking at Jesus on the cross. Now, some of you may not know this. Others do because of your background. Where do you see the symbol of the brazen serpent? Medical. The entire medical community has as their standpoint, their visual, a serpent, a brass serpent on a pole. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) And a lot of the medical people don't even believe in God. When you lift up Jesus Christ, the poison that entered your system because of of, of Satan is wiped out. The sin of your life is wiped out. I can't do that for you. No pastor can. Don't you listen to a pastor that says, oh, I can take your sin away from you. No, he can't. Jesus does that. And he does that with those who want that. You don't force anybody to love Jesus. Well, we lift up Jesus as a church. That's our job. We are the light of the world. That's our job. And all of those who see us and all of those who who listen, not only to our voice, but listen to our lifestyle. Your lifestyle is very, very big. It's very loud. You walk around through town, you do your thing, you do your business, whatever. You're kind of loud and you don't even know it. But when people see you and listen to you and realize that there's something in you that makes you different, they want to follow it. We are the light of this valley. You are not the light of Las Vegas. You're the light of this, this, this county, this valley. This is where you belong. This is your ministry. God knows that. So we're the light, new hope. So that I can suggest to you that we shine, shine, shine. We don't let the light go out. And the, the 30th verse, and we don't need it, and said, after Jesus had said all those things, many believed on him. Well, what do you believe this morning? What's important to you? Do you believe that you can't stop God? You, bet, you better believe it. 
You believe the cross is the answer? Yeah. You believe that Jesus hung on the cross to die for your sins? Yeah. You believe that we need to be pleasing God with who we are? Notice I didn't say, do you believe you need to be perfect? How many are perfect? Let me see your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Put your hand down, Gary. I am the light of the world, and then he switched that over to you and to me. And he's saying, new hope, new hope, you wonderful people here, you're the light of this valley. People will look at you, people will see you, people will walk in the door after you saying, if he's going to that, I'm going to follow. I know this guy, I, I've, I'm going to follow him wherever, I'm going to check it out. Why is he going to church every day? Why does he go to that, and listen to that crazy Italian Because the crazy Italian believes that we're the light of the world. He believes that God is in us. And if we live that way, they'll follow us in the door. And no one will force them. They'll come to the altar and say, Pastor, will you pray with me? Absolutely. I need Jesus. Absolutely. That's why we're here. No one holds a gun. God doesn't hold a gun to you. He gives you choice. The light of the world. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he spreads his light into us and through us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. We can't live without it. We can't do anything without it. It's our stability. It's our foundation. You know every one of us that are here this morning, Holy Spirit, and you love every one of us. And you know where we are in our walk with you. And you know our struggles. You see that. But you love us and you care for us. And you put your arms around us anyway. And you tell us, you whisper in our ears how much you love us and how you will take care of us if we turn our lives over to you. That's all you're asking. If we make the commitment to you, you make the commitment to us forever. Bless these good people, Lord. Bless them, I pray. While your head is bowed, no one's looking. No one's looking. Pastor, I I need to make a decision. Will you pray with me after the service is over? I will. I don't embarrass anybody. You know that. But just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, pray with me at the end of the service. I want you to pray with me. Just raise your hand and I'll do that. Anyone else at all? Anyone? Anyone at all? Okay. You understand? Nobody's forcing you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right. Father, we thank you for these good people. We thank you that you're here. We're thankful that you're giving us another day to love and serve you. Fill us with your love and with your spirit. That we may shine in our community. So much so that the darkness of the devil and what he does will be overwhelmed with the light of God and that men and women, boys and girls, will come to find Jesus as Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, while you go in,